Hello, I'm Vada. I'm Carlo. And you're listening to VCR. Welcome back. As always, welcome back. You know, Carlo, it was, uh, I got a video through a friend of mine who was just sending me, like, random little YouTube stuff. And one of the things he sent me was an SNL clip. And it huh. was just, it was funny. It, you know, like most of the SNL clips are, that you know, sometimes they're hit and miss. But this one was funny. Yeah. But watching it reminded me of something that I kind of forgot about. And that was that SNL has their own line of movies that they've done. Maybe the word might be had their own line of movies. Yeah, I can definitely get into some past tense on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they had some movies uh, that they have done before. Yeah. And I think it wouldn't be bad if we explored some of those SNL movies that they've yeah, done. It's, a, it's a great bit of nostalgia. Ugly. Yeah. Oh my God. Some me and you just before recording this totally went ape shit over one of our favorites, by the way, but we're not mm -hmm. gonna give it away just yet. Well, don't, we don't start there yet. <laughs> yeah, but oh my god, and we, we couldn't stop talking about how amazing it was. Uh, yeah. But let's jump into it. Let's deal with some SNL movies. And for some of our audience members who may be a bit younger or in one of our foreign lands who, who tune in and listen and aren't quite sure what SNL is, SNL stands for Saturday Night Live. <laughs> and, uh, and that's so sad now that I do that because Don Pardo has passed away. So you don't oh, have that amazing voice uh, yeah. to, to announce them anymore. Mm -hmm. but, a, li a live comedy skit uh, and, and music show mm -hmm. that... How, how long? Oh, my God. How old oh is my that? God, they've like been 50 around years. for... <laughs> damn near forever i mean uh, snl has just been a huge staple of course it comes out every saturday and they just do some of the best well, some of the best and some of the not so greatest comedy skits out there and you know they always have their musical guests with musical guests you know <laughs> uh, whoever you know but they they've had so much talent come across that studio yep they they for the long for a very very long time, mm -hmm. they were the the avant garde of, of uh, comedy, especially on television. They were they they were known to push the envelope. They they originally were called the the original mm -hmm. cast members were the not quite ready for prime time players, yeah. because even though they weren't you know over the top and they weren't they weren't cursing or anything, they were getting as close as they could to make censors nervous, and that was that attitude was there for a very long time it is no longer there anymore yeah. <laughs> they are subservient to their dark masters uh at the stu at the uh as of the of nbc but mr that is always where they came from that is the fertile comedy dirt of the grit and anger and laughing about it their <laughs> merciful kind overlord mr lauren michaels <laughs> but no absolutely and and they and they come up with doing some of their skits become extremely popular and those extremely popular skits ended up with movies so let's just kind of jump into it carlo i'm going to jump into of course our ever famous let's share screen yeah i'm going to stop doing my dumb pardo now and uh <laughs> gonna share screen and we come out 
heavy hitter. One of my favorites, Carlo. I'm pretty damn sure it's one of your favorites. Certainly. The first SNL movie ever created because it was such a popular skit is the blues brothers the blues brothers 1980. <laughs> and by the way uh one year for an awards banquet me and carlo dressed up as the blues brothers <laughs> um, yep i still have that pictures uh, floating around somewhere uh but yes we went as the blues brothers to an awards banquet one of the best movies ever made if you need to treat yourself to something funny and stupid and just like what the fuck's going on here uh you want to jump into the blues brothers that's for sure and just then if you're if you're a nostalgia fan this is the movie for you especially if you love some of the older r&bs oh my god riddled oh yeah riddled with fucking r&b legends in the United States at the time, ended up earning about 57K, which back in the 80s, I mean, 57 million, not, yeah. sorry, 57 That'd million. That'd have been bad. <laughs> I was like, no, 57K would have been horrible, but like 57 million, that is a hard puncher for back in the 80s. I mean, it was second only to Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back when it came out. Is so she, is that a fact? That is no, that is an actual Damn. fact. Star Wars was the right. heavy hitter when it came out. Uh Blues Brothers came out around the same time. It was second only to Star Wars. So Carrie Fisher was in like two of two really big movies at that time. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And also more than others, and not completely. Uh, it is still a little bit dated. Um it oh, is yeah. very much of it's the 70s it's a very 70s movie um cars flipping for no reason why are they dressed like that uh <laughs> uh everyone looks like they need a shower just yeah. it's the oh, 70s God, it's not a body hair yeah. they really did look like they needed a shower <laughs> but the comedy like the attitude like the teeth of the matter kind of like still hold up it's mm. still actively right now a funny movie it aged really well not it perfectly. Has. I'm not going to say it's it's without fault or mm. or without being a little bit too much of its time here and there, but anything that has a line like "I hate Illinois Nazis" is always going to speak to me. Yeah, <laughs> or or we're on a mission from God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, you are. Two know. grown men being beaten with a ruler from a nun as they go like, ah, this fucking big one's hitting me. <laughs> We're on a mission from God. And I was like, oh my God, it was great. And one then, of the best musicals, although people don't even think of it as a musical, it is one of the best musicals I've ever seen. Oh, the yeah. fact that this has not been made into a, um, this has not been condensed into like a shitty, shiny Broadway show is a tragedy. No, except absolutely. it's because it's not it's not it's not easy dancey shit. It's it's you have to actually be good at music. So. Yeah, um. but it would be a great review show too because you have all those amazing R and B singers who popped up in it. You know, like like we're saying, you know, Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin, Cab Calloway, uh, John Lee Hooker. You know, you had so many more who were just throughout this movie just making appearances. It was just a spectacular 
show. It really was. So yeah. if you need something to really sink your teeth into over a weekend, check out Blues Brothers. Highly yeah. recommended by the both. If you want really great comedy, if you want a fun like uh, like car car accident movie, like movie, you want like if you uh, if you want like great music, if you want like some history in there, this is a it's a great film. It holds up. It's got this like pedigree of amazing comedy and comedians oh, yeah. the height of, for some of them and, and and some some of the best actors of the time you have dan Aykroyd, john bellucci you have uh carrie fisher you know you have so many people in this john it's candy just, favorite of the show john also, candy yeah. you know, guy that me and carlo absolutely you want an orange whip Orange whip? Orange, orange whip all around. All around. I always want an orange whip because of that moment. Yeah, I have no idea what an orange whip is, but I want no. one because of John Candy. It has one um, of my favorite weird Bill Murray uh, cameos. They're, as, they're, as they're driving their, uh, their, their, their police cruiser through a mall to escape from the actual police, there's a scene where it just like shows a, a moment of quiet before the car comes blasting through an actual... Because they just drove through a mall. That's how they filmed the mm-hmm. scene. There's a moment where it just has... Bill Murray, very proud of just hold up a Kermit and go like, do you have this piggy? Then everything explodes. It's great. <laughs> That's right. You want to know something funny about that scene? Um, mm-hmm. Well, this is a true fact. So they had found an abandoned mall and dressed it up to be a mall. And yeah. they had bought all this merchandise to put it in there. And some of it was on loan. So they had <laughs> to make sure that it was highly secure. Mm-hmm. But the issue is, you know, that they hire one of these best security teams in all of new york and and chicago mm-hmm. to protect this merchandise well merchandise was being stolen constantly and they're trying to figure out what the hell was going on it ended up being the security team who was stealing. they're just taking it with them yeah <laughs> i was like what the hell so that's a little blues brothers fun factoid there yeah <laughs> uh it was just absolutely ridiculous but it, it was just one of the best movies you got to check it out yeah. really do which well, a fun of... thing if you're younger and you're not of the generation that grew up with it mm-hmm. is the little moments you're like huh i've seen that happen i've seen that being uh re- referred to there's a lot of things that are referenced oh, yeah. from this movie uh because it's just something like if you grew if you grew up funny this is who you learned it from these these are a lot of the people oh, yeah. you learned it from and going into our second one, so 12 years later. A little bit of a gap. Yeah, S- yeah, SNL takes a break. They don't have another decent skit for about 12 years. <laughs> and then they have a really interesting one that comes up. And here's a nice little segue to it. Uh, party on, Carlo. Party on, Vada. <laughs> <laughs> we Wayne's have World. Wayne's World. World. Party on. Excellent. Excellent. Wayne's World. <laughs> Making an extraordinarily 70s comedy. Uh, they went on to make an extraordinarily 90s comedy. <laughs> they really kind of did. Kind quintessential 80s comedy, really. It, it, I mean, Dana Carvey as Garth and Mike Myers as Wayne's just so fat. But those characters were really great. I mean, it started off as a skit as basically two, uh, I guess you could say, losers <laughs> hanging out wow. in their parents' Just like, just metalhead, just like, yeah. like again, because there's a, there's a there's a strain, I think, uh, 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 there's a repeating uh, curve here. There's a lot of like, man, we love music. Man, we just love music, but we're funny. We oh, can't yeah. do music, but we can be funny about it. Wayne's World has that same idea where they love metal and rock, mm-hmm. and it's their whole lives, and they are literally in their mom's basement 
filming a TV show on public <laughs> access about whatever comes to mind. Oh my God, they're podcasters. Oh God, that's what yes, we do. They're, oh, they're, they're us. They, they are the precursors of us. That, that should be our theme song from now on. Like, but like a sad version. Right. With, a, with VCR, an acoustic guitar. VCR. <laughs> party on. We can't it, it. It was very much an 80s thing because it, it, there's the, the, there is the idea like if we can just make it, if the rich people say we're cool, we'll be cool. We'll have money. And we just need literally a guy called Mr. Big. They need to impress them. And then there's the evil 80s guy who's like, no, I've decided you're not cool. So I'm going to take your girlfriend and, your, and make sure you never succeed. We're gonna take because your, he's 80s guy. <laughs> we're going to take your hot Asian girlfriend and yes. make sure you, because she really was. Uh, wow. She there's was. these great, so, and, and I think, like personally, I've always hated the end of the world, Wayne's World, which I won't reveal, but it's a, a really great uh, subversion of that sort of, uh almost a stoner comedy without really saying it's a stoner comedy kind of yeah. a, just a goofy kids running around and uh, um having a little having an adventure um but the subversion and the use of the breaking of a for, of the fourth wall is really good in this mm -hmm. it, it does a great job like um i mean this is like as much as people like freak out oh my god deadpool invented it he didn't happened a long time ago i'm not saying they like myers invented it but as putting it into the putting into comedy this way, like him actively at the end of the movie, he goes like, that ending sucks. Let's do this ending instead. Like that's literally how there's like, it has multiple, technically has multiple endings. Cause he goes like, what if this was the ending? That'd be fun. Mm -hmm. There are moments where he just like, where he like Zach Morris times out almost like, no, we're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. And and he can just kind of play with stuff. Yeah. And it, that comes from Wayne's world. One, one of the epic scenes from Wayne's world is <laughs> Carlo if if you agree with me or not, you gotta admit it is gonna be great. Uh, the whole scene where they're in the car jamming out to Queen. Oh yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody, and they're just like doing their own little sing along moments, and then it comes to where it really yeah, picks up, like blah 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 blah, and they're just head banging it like No Tomorrow yep. while driving. That I've been in, I've been in a, a club a few years ago. I was in a club and. They were like at one point or another, someone's like, We're gonna play Queen, and they started playing Bohemian Rhapsody, and half the building is like just singing along, oh, yeah. and everyone's like sort of like, All right, yeah, we can all get into this. And then when then when the when the guitar kicks in, and in that moment from the movie in the car where they start headbanging, it was like, Oh shit, the entire Everyone, yeah. club lost their mind and was headbanging. I was too. It, well, it just became this like it's very American. Man, we love oh, yeah. Queen. <laughs> Absolutely. And do you and do you remember like we used to do this after shows when we'd do cast parties and sometimes we'd hit up certain places that had karaoke. Oh yeah. And we would destroy the house. <laughs> we would bring the rafters down. Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody. Yep. Everyone lost their shit whenever we would sing that. Uh that was so much fun. I mean, that was really <laughs> such a blast to do that. Oh, but yes, Wayne's World in 1992 swoops in there as a real heavy hitter, I think becoming the ultimate moneymaker in the sense of SNL movies Yeah, with 121 mil in the United States, uh, yeah. making Blues Brothers the second hitter because it yeah. becomes 
Wayne's World is the highest grossing SNL movie. Then you have Blues Brothers as being the second highest grossing SNL movie, only to be followed up with the third highest grossing one. I don't want to jump into this one yet. Yeah. Because it's a little further down the list in the sense of years. But it is, you know, it's interesting. So I'll give you the top three in a little bit. But then we have a third one, the third SNL movie, which came out in 1993 so shortly after wayne's world and one that i'm going to say i never saw but i heard was not that spectacular i mean i could be wrong i've never seen it but a lot of people when it first came out gave it a lot of bad reviews and that is going to be coneheads i liked it i still i still enjoy it it is, it is a it is still watchable for me mm-hmm. it is <clears throat> excuse me it does work as a um i don't like but i'm weird because i don't fucking like chevy chase not that this is that that uh national lampoon because it's national lampoon's uh, fa- uh uh vacation series is an snl movie it's not but the only reason chevy chase is in it is because he was from snl and it kind of feels a lot like that same like dopey dad trying his best but the fact that but the fact is that they are these aliens from another pl- uh, planet with they have and they have pointy heads actually works way better for me because i actually root for them i don't give a fuck if chevy chase uh, survives he's an asshole i don't care <laughs> like oh i want my parent my kids to respect me and i hate them i want to cheat on my wife fuck you hate chevy chase no i don't i don't care for the vacation series conehead's kind of the same milieu except it's dan Aykroyd as this like actually there's a, there's a, a web comic or there's a or i guess an instagram comic now of um aliens that don't that just have normal everyday experiences but they use the wrong language because they don't they don't speak english well so instead of saying uh oh god it's so hot i'm melting i'm perspiring to the point that my molecules are coming apart (laughs) and then someone would go like that is the uh ratio of liquid to air mix uh mixture that we're experiencing not simply the temperature it is literally two guys saying so hot i'm melting it's not the heat it's the humidity right right. but that's and but they're little gray aliens Mm -hmm. it's this is where that guy got that from, whether he wants to admit it or not. And them kind of experiencing this world. It has uh, David Spade as his smarmy, suck-up little underling best. It has Chris Farley. One of my favorite Chris Farley roles, actually. Instead of it being like, he's not just kind of falling over and being fat. He's actually kind of like the sweetheart to their daughter. Mm-hmm. Like the, the teenage, he's like the teenage boyfriend and he's really sweet and he just falls in love with her because she eats a, uh, she gets a foot-long Subway sandwich and she swallows it in one and he immediately falls in love. That's fucking funny. <laughs> it's funny to me. Sorry. Uh, I really enjoyed it. But yeah, universal, pretty universally panned. A lot of people are like, we don't get what the point of this movie is. We don't see like, why are we supposed to care what these aliens do? And it's, it's actually, I think it's really sweet. It's funny. There's this a little bit of that like coming to America, fish out of water, like that immigrant story. They're all white, so it's not a great use of that this part that aspect doesn't age great but there's all these little moments of like they meet they get to go for the american dream that's the idea and those who are helping them like sinbad comes in and gets him a green gets some illegal green card uh michael mckeon is like the the immigration agent who has to stop them um because they're here illegally doesn't give a fuck like he actively chases off fbi uh, agents because no 
once when they were aliens then it was an invasion and the F- we need this the fbi on them but as soon as they tried to get a job in america they fall under my jurisdiction i think the other thing with with coneheads <laughs> is that oh it probably came out a little bit later than what it should have because coneheads yeah. was a skit uh an snl skit that kind of comes on the scene in the 70s yeah and then you try to do a movie in 1993 so you have an audience that's probably super out of touch with yeah. this skit other than it it's might really have... the, it's really it, the movie is out of touch with the audience the current yeah audience. That's that type why of it thing. failed and with yeah it didn't do very well only making about uh about 48 mil you know that that's not enough to cover dan Aykroyd. no no uh, oh uh, i'm 21. sorry I, I read the wrong one i'm so Which sorry is a sh- the uh, shame because it cost 33 right it only so made 21 it, it only made 21 mil it did cost a, 33 mil um that's a lot not enough that's to a carry, lot to lose not enough to carry dan Aykroyd's pay i'm, I'm sorry that's <laughs> I really enjoyed the movie, but I because I was weird. I was watching my whole life. I've watched like more. I've watched the reruns of SNL mm-hmm. ever than I ever did when it was like contemporary. My as my contemporary year, I never except like after like the nineties or something. Yeah. Um. So I grew up watching reruns of that of the seventies SNL, and I loved it. So when I was like, oh wait, there's a movie. I was into it. Yeah. I was ready to go. Mm-hmm. But that's because I was a little weirdo living off nostalgia to, for somebody else's timeline. <laughs> And now we're just both big weirdos. That's all. Yeah. Uh, but now but I, I think it's funny. I still enjoy Coneheads. Oh yeah. I'm. I'm. I will have to break down and watch it one day. I haven't watched it, but I need to break down and watch it. So getting into okay. So this is going to be the fourth yep. SNL movie, but the third highest grossing SNL movie at a forty-eight mil. This is going this is also to be the first sequel. Yeah, the first sequel to to their uh, sagas here, and that's going to be uh, Party On, Carlos. Party On, Vara. It's going to be Wayne's World 2. Yeah. Yeah. Not as exciting. That's why I didn't sound so Not good. as exciting. Yeah, that's why <laughs> That's why we toned it down a bit. Not as exciting. Wayne's World 2, when I saw it, it was, it was uh, not as good as one, but, you know, it was, it was yeah. interesting. So enough said about Wayne's World. Yeah, I do. <laughs> That's I really all remember, I can like, say. I don't about remember it. a lot. There was a little. This one actually, as a, I think part of it is that it doesn't age as well because he he has like a mystic Native American shaman show up and like tells him to th- throw a a music festival and it, like the story is kind oh, of. Oh, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, exactly. It just none of it really sticks sticks out as memorable. There aren't like. I think there's a like the if I remember correctly, I think there's one shot that's funny where he's like talking about uh, product placement is good, and someone's like, "No, it always takes me all the movies." Like, I don't see why you say that as he holds he up holds a pizza, up a slice of pizza or like yeah. a Pepsi. He's like holding it and just smiles. It's like that's how we paid for this. That <clears> the <throat> only thing I really remember that was somewhat memorable, and it was going to be sad, is that because they, in Wayne's World two now they're famous. Uh, Garth pimps out his Ford Gremlin. That's all I really remember <laughs> is that he pimped out the Ford Gremlin. Uh, so that doesn't say a whole lot. But the following year in 1994. Not a high point. for Not a, not a high point. And actually, I'm kind of flabbergasted that, that this, this got one made into actually a movie? did so well. 
Um, what? Yeah, I, it looked well. No, it actually did horrible. I'm looking. Yeah, at I was like, numbers. what? No, no, I'm I'm looking at the numbers. I'm rereading the numbers. This yeah. is pretty sad. But it was a. I can't imagine anyone actually making a a movie out of this one. But I guess it was a desperation grab. But the movie, it's Pat. Yeah, and, which uh, more probably more than anything else here, and that inc- and that am I reading the that worst. right? Just because the the content, uh, just the idea of it being like, oh, this person is not immediately easily identified by others as male or female, and the entire running gag is people going, is Pat a everyone being afraid to say. Is Pat a boy or a girl? Yeah, it's that's it. That's the that was the whole joke. Like, and before they ever revealed what Pat was, something would happen. Like there'd be like a news interruption or something weird, and you'd never get the answer. So then they make it's Pat the movie, which cost them eight mil to make. Carlo, what is that fabulous earning rate that they made? You can believe it. They made sixty thousand dollars sixty thousand not even dollars not dan even Aykroyd's toilet paper budget is more than that <laughs> <laughs> he spends more on that in crystals full of vodka yes so i mean because he uses real skulls so much yeah <laughs> Because you can't get that delicious vodka flavor from Dan Aykroyd unless you're using <laughs> real skulls That's for right. his vodka. But yeah, uh, six. Uh, and I for- love. Can I just point out? I always had a as a kid growing up, I had a huge crush on Julia Sweeney. I, I, just, I, was, for, I don't know why she just seemed like the cutest. She's got this like squeaky voice and these little yes. like mushroom, like uh, not mushroom, like uh, chipmunk cheeks. Mm-hmm. She was very cute. I remember seeing her in um, uh, and she's in Pulp Fiction. For no apparent reason, she is uh, uh, the wolf's girlfriend. Oh, like that's a, right. That scene after she he picks is. up uh, when he picks up um, the when he picks the, when he's dropping them off. He's like, they're like, uh, where do you guys live? Like, oh, we're here. He's like, okay, I see a something in the future, a taxi ride. Mm-hmm. Move out of the six, gentlemen. And he like dismisses them. Says, say goodbye. She says, oh, I can't. I think he's like Ronnie. I don't remember her name, but it's like, say goodbye, Ronnie. She says, bye, Ronnie. That's all she does, and she just looks good in a nice pair of jeans. I've always had a, th- a crush on Julia Sweeney. I, th- I always thought she was cute as hell. And it's Pat just, I was always like, that's so mean. Mm-hmm. I never found it funny. I always thought it was just fucking mean. Like talking about, cause it, like Pat would just like, they would like try to say like, oh Pat, do you, pre- so are you gonna go to the restroom? Or are you gonna go to this door or that door? It's like, well, you're in a, when you're in a hurry, it hardly matters. And then everyone goes, oh God, what do we do now? Like, just fuck, why are you, leave him alone. Leave them alone, you're assholes. <laughs> I, didn't, I never fa- thought it was funny. And now the general consensus is like, oh, wait, that's not funny. That's their fucking business. Maybe that can't, maybe that should not be an entire narrative. <laughs> I, the, I, I've seen, I don't think I saw the movie. I'm pretty sure I just remember clips of it. Um, I never because, saw like, the, the movie myself because it did not appeal to me. And you're right. See, when you said that you were you had a crush, I was like, oh God, please don't let it be on Pat. <laughs> but but no, Julius personality was a little grating for me. Yeah, Julius Julia Sweeney <laughs> was was definitely a cutie and beautiful. I wish she had done more because she hasn't really done a whole lot. Uh, but nonetheless, no Pat was a flop. Uh, yeah. So that's they brought Dave Foley in as uh, someone else who was also of a uh, mysterious gender. Uh, yeah, so there was a cu- of... they were a couple, and everyone was freaking out. So it's even better. Yeah, yeah. 
then you have something that oddly did better than Pat, but was still not that great. Stuart saves his family in 1995. So if you don't remember the skit of Stuart, uh, I'm going to, it was funny. Smalley, wasn't it? Is it was huh? Smiley or Smalley? Oh, Stuart? I can't remember. Smalley. It was Stuart Smalley. Yeah, probably. Yeah. If you don't remember the skit, uh, Stuart was played by Mike Myers. So it's another Mike Myers creation. No, no. 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 Was it Mike? My Who was it? No. no. Al Franken. Bullshit. Al Franken. Bullshit. Yep. Bullshit. It was the only thing he did because originally uh, he was on SNL for their like uh, weekend update mm -hmm. for their news segment. And his main thing was because he was principally a writer for the show more than a performer. <clears throat> but they had him start doing, um, uh, he had a, a regular skit during a weekend update as their like man on the scene where they had a giant like radio dish strapped to his back and he would try to go like i we're live here at a, at a thing happening but every time he would move slightly it would throw it would throw up the it would throw off the feed so the joke was he was trying to do like i want to be a real reporter but they wouldn't let him and this is how they fucked with him you are absolutely right i swear to god dressed like that he looks like mike myers <laughs> to me he does i mean oh my god that totally threw me off yeah it's okay, like it's a it's so, a huge difference yeah it's, it's a subtle but it makes him unrecognizable. <laughs> but yeah, oh my God, that's spectacular. Yeah. Oh my God, what makeup and a wig will do for you. But yep. so Stuart saves his family. Anyway, the, the object of Stuart is that Stuart has, I think, also a public access channel thing yeah. where he sits in front of a mirror and he gives out self-help advice. Yeah, part of this doesn't age spectacularly <laughs> well. It, it, it kind of does and kind of doesn't, depending on how you look at it. He's clearly... It is about a man with massive um, depression or anxiety issues who is trying to work through them through positivity. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of taking the piss out of people. Like, if you have real problems, someone in a sweater going, it's going to be okay, buy my book, won't fucking help you. That's yeah. kind of the gag. That, that it, is so, the gag. It, it pokes yeah. fun of, like, self-help books and shit like that. Because in all honesty, if you're going through something that serious, it's not a self-help book you need. Uh, you. But the, the funny thing was he would turn to the mirror during his segment and yeah. he would do like positive reinforcement and he would say you are somebody people like you <laughs> it was it was specifically something like um and dog on, like on it people like and dog on it people like you and it was like kind of that like 80s 80s 90s cynicism about the self-help the kind of the shitty version of self yeah. the toxic positivity uh self-help era and it, it's him like trying so hard to like keep don't cry don't cry don't cry um <laughs> it, was, it, it was a great it was a funny skit if you rethink it it it's not something you could turn into a movie because it was something that was funny in a small segment but yeah. then you blew it up there's no way in fuck you can carry that through an hour 30 no way yeah, I, I don't see this character having that rich an outer life beyond these moments. Mm -mm. <clears throat> so I, I never saw that one. So I don't know where it goes. I, I never saw it either. It takes uh, 6.3 mil to make it, and they earned a whopping Carlo. What is that whopping? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's better than Pat, though. No. It's better than Pat. 912,000. <laughs> it's almost a million. Now that is enough 
to cover Alf Rankin's sure <laughs> his pay, and here's your two thousand. Thank yeah. you. Oh my God, that was whew, okay. That and was for his uh, eventual bad. run for the Democratic Party. Yeah. Now three years later, <laughs> after Stewart, they take a break, uh, and they go back to the well. They go back to the yeah. well. And they, and they create, go there to break my heart. <laughs> they kind of, well, we have difference of opinion. We do. We absolutely, yeah, yeah. But, but no, I get it. And they go back to the well in 1998 to bring us. What do they bring us, Carlos? Blues Brothers 2000. Blues Brothers 2000, 1998. It takes 17 mil to make it. No, yeah, 28 million. So a single million more Wait a minute, than the I? original. Oh, shit. I'm so sorry. I, I keep skipping to the wrong damn thing. <laughs> so it does, yep. it takes 28 <clears throat> mil to make. It sadly doesn't perform as well, uh, only no, earning in 14 mil, just yeah. 14 mil. Still not enough to to pay Dan about half, <laughs> about half the production. Yeah, uh, the the cost of the production is how much it, it, it made in, but which I think that's still that's that's disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, 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 where this all came when we had this conversation, like it makes sense. That seems like I I that feels to me like they didn't bring the kids. I, f- no, I think when it, what happened, well, something I heard it was they were trying to sell it for the ones who want. If you watched the Blues Brothers, you should come watch in Blues Brothers 2000, which wasn't the case. Yes. And, and if you and, watched it and now you want your kids to experience mm-hmm. the Blues Brothers, come on and watch it. That's what you should, that's who and you they it was forgot. Because it was a kid's movie. Home. Yeah. Because here's, here's part of the issue with it, too. And you think they would have learned it from Coneheads. But you have the original Blues Brothers comes out in 1980. And so then in 1998, yeah, you bring back Blues Brothers. Uh, there are people who just, they're not going to remember Blues Brothers. You know, they're, they're just not from that big of a gap. I mean, that's almost a 20-year gap right there. Yeah, you got to reteach them what it is. Yeah, so... <clears throat> I remembered it, and I remembered the second one. But the yeah, thing is, I was excited. For I it. was old enough to remember that. Like you had a lot of things that happen in between those twenty years, where you have a whole new audience who does not know who or what the Blues Brothers are and what yeah. they did, and so that you lose a lot right there. So now, for me personally, I enjoyed the movie because it was so nostalgic. Uh, Granite, the the it was great like, to see Elwood again. Yeah, I want to see Elwood really badly now. And Granite, you were right. It is when me and Carla were discussing this earlier. It is not as hard hitting and gritty as the first one. Yeah, the but, loss of of uh, the loss of Belushi. Yeah, changed the, tra- the trajectory of the st- of the storytelling so much. So much of it was at night. Was it like Chicago and it looked dirty? Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, everyone like people like people sweated and it was like like even like, my favorite example in the original Blues Brothers they have Aretha Franklin and one of the their band members are married and they have a little diner it's a dirty little like uh it's a greasy spoon diner she's got like a I think a pink apron like um mm-hmm. 
You know, a diet. Listen, he works at oh, a diner. Checker, he's yeah, he's like flipping burgers on a greasy pat, yeah. uh, greasy uh, not plancha, griddle. Um, everyone there is like they're off of work. They're smoking. They got a cup of coffee and a burger. And I'm just getting this down. In the in the blues in Blues Brothers 2000, they now have a car dealership. Yeah, they, and they're in suits and they're beautiful new outfits. When they start doing was singing and dancing, um, everyone's sort of like bopping along, but they're letting them have their moment because they don't have this huge sta- sound stage where everything is clean and spotless. Mm-mm. And also- uh, in the uh, in Blues in 2000, it's a whole n- number, and everyone gets up and it's choreographed and it's big. Like everyone there is dancing. No one's just like background they are dancers the floor is spotless the uh, huge ceilings everyone's in amazing costumes and it's it's showy and clean and pristine and it doesn't have that grit it doesn't have the flair of the original which i will give you i will totally give you that it does not have the flair of the original does not have the grit but it's by no means it's not it's not a like it's not a piss poor movie no it's it isn't it's fun if if you're like my age it's fun to look brutus i swear to god it's (laughs) it's fun to look at the original and then come back to blues brothers 2000 and then watch that and then that now here's the sad part about it if you are a blues brothers fan if you do watch it you're going to realize between blues brothers the original and blues brothers 2000 a lot of that cast had died off um yeah. because bellucci had already passed away john candy had passed away uh there was i mean most cab calloway cast cab calloway ray charles uh a lot of them were not in Blues Brothers 2000 because they had already passed away by then. Yeah. And it was it was kind of sad. It was very sad. So they kind of brought bring in some new blood at the time. Like, you know, they bring in Erica Badu and uh which is which is a great she's a great pull, yeah. But they made her a like voodoo priestess voodoo, that yeah. enslaves them. Well, no, them she, zombies. Was, she was actually supposed to be Mary uh Mary Laveau, the, the voodoo witch. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it the, the <laughs> plot weird. yeah the plot gets really weird but it's nice it's a nice thing yeah. to and watch. They, were able, they were able to get blues travelers in there Good yeah blues, blues travelers was able to make it. in there <laughs> yeah uh what's his name uh paul schaefer is in it oh Deep. yeah oh, yeah yeah paul schaefer is in it as the servant to marie Laveau. and then of course you have bb king eric clapton uh, Junior yep. Wells. They they have uh, they had Lou Rawls in it, who was still alive at the time. Uh, oh. But they they brought in a lot more, but it was it still didn't make up for the loss. I mean, like the 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 preacher's revival. James Brown had already pra- I think James Brown had already passed away by that time. So you have James Brown in the first one. You don't have James Brown in the second one uh, that I can remember. But you have. And they were in the first one at two, I, I, if I remember correctly. There used to be a group called Sam and Dave, mm-hmm. right? And they had a lot of soulful hits, you know, like, call me, call me. And then they had, you know, uh, they, they just had a lot of, uh, one of their big famous one was Love Man. I'm a love, no, I'm a soul man. Soul they man. did soul man. <laughs> Sorry, love, I don't know why I was thinking. Love, uh, love Man was... Uh, will uh wilson pickett who was by the way in 2000 uh <laughs> but they they had the song i'm a soul man oh uh, yeah. i forget which one passed away but one of them had passed away before part two and he had died in a car accident 
Um, so it's just one of them, you know, and no James Brown. So that it's kind of a heartbreaking moment, especially if you're a big movie music fan. So I'm going to shut up now because I feel like I've gone on to that too long. But I, I enjoyed <laughs> well, it. And John Goodman talk. did a great job as Mighty Mac. He did. He did, he did a great was, job. He yeah. is this big, like, lovable marshmallow that wants to kind of join in. But just the, like the way he's introduced is like, you'll do. Come with me. It just feels weird. The, it does. It does. We need to go have... the cops. I have an idea. I have a briefcase with whip with shaving cream on it. I'll put shaving cream on my head, and they will let us leave. Yeah, yeah. I missed the car. Like I want a car chase. I don't want this. What is happening? <laughs> and then you have Don Cheadle was in it too as the the other brother. Uh, he's the sheriff who becomes a blue no. brother. No, no, that, that was not Cheadle. Cheadle, wasn't it? No, I don't remember who that that uh, actor. It wasn't Don I'm, Cheadle. I'm gonna click it. Yeah, I'm gonna click it. Casting characters. Uh, Joe was it Joe Morton? Yep. Yeah, Joe Morton. I'm sorry. Yeah. No disrespect, Don Cheadle. I thought it was Don Cheadle. My bad. No disrespect, Joe Morton either. Also, yeah. a great actor. But <clears throat> yeah, uh, just, okay. that's right. That's right. He was um, he was he, a brother. He was that... one. Of, yeah, he was Cab Calloway's character's kid. Yeah. That's right. He like he so he was distantly related, and then when they, I think at the revival. Or one point or another, like the power of God comes in and he gets he gets the message too. Yeah. And he's and like, then oh, he, right. and he, he has really that really good gospel revival moment in there too, with the yeah. uh the it was the gospel favorite, John the Revelator. And mm-hmm. he's he's just and he transforms into the Blues brother at that moment. That was really That's good. Right. Yeah, that was very cool. So okay, so that was nineteen ninety-eight. Then to make up for what happened in 1998 in February in October 1998, yep, earning 30 mil, Carlo. Not, actually, that is good though because it was 17 yeah. million to make. Yeah, they actually made 30, so they did make a a, a, a little profit there. Mm-hmm. A you night have... at, at the Roxbury. <laughs> a night at the Roxbury, baby, don't hurt me. An extremely me. again, a don't really extremely. Me like quintessentially of the decade comedy what is love baby don't hurt me <laughs> anyway so that was basically yeah that. so it's just too very 90 each yeah. each like the ones that do really well tend to be like indicative of a decade specifically it really because was. that's when these comedians were just out of the gate from snl where they are at the apex of what american television comedy mm. is and they're the ones pushing, they're the avant-garde. They're leading the pack. They are, this is where, as funny as you can get before you have to go blue. That's where they, they, they sit. So they always become very quintessential of that time. The ones that don't do as well tend not to be that. Yeah. And they're either more of a throwback. Um, so they're more relying on nostalgia than comedy. Or they're trying to just like crank something out. And it's not specific to a time. Because SNL, I don't know why SNL doesn't know this. Like, guys. You, that's what you did. That's what you used to do. Yeah. One of the reasons they don't do, in my opinion, one of the reasons SNL doesn't make movies anymore. Mm-hmm. But A Night at the Roxbury being quintessentially 90s with their need to be seen at, a, at a, the right club, the right song has to be playing. Mm-hmm. Guys just guys who don't dance, they just knock their head side to side right. and definitely try to touch any woman they can find. And then they, and when they do dance, it's like the, the grinding and bumping, like throwing the girl between them. And it was, <laughs> uh, of course... Uh, Chris Kattan and Will Ferrell. It was hysterical. It was more of a a 
because it's 1998, um, so a couple of years mm-hmm. before 2000, it, it's more bleeding into the 2000, like, let's get into the club scene, which was hysterical for me at the time, because this is also around that time where I start getting into the club scene as well. Um, <laughs> and it, it was just hysterical uh, to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. It was funny. I'm not going to say it's the best SNL out there, but it is definitely a good one. I would like to rewatch it. I, I kind of want to see because there's this weird 80s nostalgia to it, which is also very late 90s um, that I kind of was I kind of don't remember how well it stands up. You know, I do recall it's the one of the only times I've ever enjoyed Chris Kattan in something. Yeah, he, he don't enjoy his comedy. Yeah, and, and, and I like I like Will Ferrell. I, I don't always like when he decides to just I'm going to take my shirt off and run in circles. Mm-hmm. But whenever he puts a little like thoughtfulness, he does a great job of being an absolute buffoon. Yeah, but genuinely if, has a heart of gold. If you want he's great at. an amazing Will Ferrell movie, please check out Eurovision. I, I think that was <laughs> just oh my god, that would that is his best. But uh, going from Night at the Roxbury in 1999. You have earning Superstar. Thir- uh, manning, <laughs> yeah, you have Superstar earning 30 mil again, uh, which is still good because it took them 14 mil to make it. But Superstar yeah. is the Molly Shannon movie where she's this good little... I think she's going to a Catholic private yeah, she's like school, a Catholic high school and, girl. And she just wants to be a, a megastar, a singer, a rock star type of thing. And she's bullied by the pretty girls in the school and this and that. And kind of a precursor to the uh, famous Instagram famous need yes. for uh, a need for likes. Uh, that kind of like the beginning of that superstar kind of sees it coming. And it is Will, uh, Will Ferrell appears as the guy in that one is this weird, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, the Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks of ridiculous yeah, 90s comedies. Basically. <laughs> it was, but it was, it wasn't a bad movie. I can't say that I remember anything spectacular from it, but it was entertaining. And it was, it was good for a little chuckle. Yeah. I think Errol Smith makes an appearance in it. Molly Shan being allowed to just like, just go for it. And her like having big dramatic, um, sexually charged, fight like uh, like uh uh scenes with a tree mm-hmm. it's just her talking to the tree like they're lover, yeah. like their former lovers and then making out with it exactly so she would pretend, just, go ahead yeah make a movie do whatever you want <laughs> she would pretend the tree was her boyfriend and it was just insane oh my god it was so funny uh then from Stu- superstar in 2000 they they go for another grab and this one is really really sad in the numbers uh the ladies man is is basically the movie that they come out ladies man was was an interesting character it was this uh, i ladies man is basically tim meadows as kind of a 70s ladies man who's living in the 2000s trying to teach others how to be a ladies man right but he himself is not a ladies man because i think one of his pickup lines is like tell them something classy like you want a fish sandwich and i was like what the fuck but but they don't understand why he's so popular with the women and and the truth is 
uh, there's a scene where he comes out of the hot tub and it's just because he has an enormous, you know, uh, <laughs> but that's, that's the joke behind ladies, man, that he looks like this seventies throwback yeah. with Afro and the bell bottoms. And, uh, I've always said this, Tim Meadows deserves better. He um, does. Tim Meadows does deserve better. I've always so, thought, thought the problem was like the, the writers didn't have, didn't really have anything for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know, like, I, because I, they never had anything cool for the black guy. They did, they did before, and they have had since, but they just, and Tim Meadows was on SNL for so long, and it was just like, uh, I, I guess, Lauren Mai was like, I owe you a movie. I will give you one. I don't, I don't know what to do. You knew, but we'll, this we'll is, find Recently, something. you did Ladies Man. It didn't, it didn't suck. We'll make it a movie. Yes. Why not? We'll, I don't know thing. why. Like, why was that the movie they gave him? And I know, I, I know why. He didn't have a recurring character. And they weren't, they couldn't just, they didn't, he didn't have any other recurring character. Yeah. And I, for whatever reason, they just couldn't, they didn't find one they liked for him, Mm -mm. which is a fucking shame. (laughs) Yeah. So Tim Meadows, ladies, man, uh, takes 24 mil to make Carlo million dollars. Carlo. I can't even bring myself to read that side of a number. 13 million. 13 mil. Wait a minute. Yeah. 13 mil. 13 mil. They lost over $10 million. Yeah. Oh that man, was, that's bad. That was it's not fair. Super bad. Uh, again, just doesn't cover Dan Aykroyd. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back to Dan Aykroyd for everything. So I never saw it. I know that's the plot of it. Never saw it. Such as life. Yeah. Um, and Tim Meadows can be real funny with just like a one little line. It's oh, not God, fair yeah. that he just doesn't get. I I don't know why nothing sticks to the guy. Like, uh, like, uh, do you see Walk Hard? The yes, Cox I was going to bring that up. Saw that he was great. He has. Walk he's Hard. just a recurring gag, and he's fucking hilarious. I love that. Where you know they they've gone through the decades of trying different drugs, and now he's on Viagra. What, what are y'all and, What are y'all doing in here? Like, Taking Viagra. Well, what does it do? It gives you an erection, so you can have more sex, and then. Dewey Cox is a, oh yeah he's like if you have an erection lasting more than four hours call more women <laughs> I was like Tim Meadows bravo <laughs> but it was yep. like holy shit so Tim Meadows is, is he is great. unfairly stuck in a dynamite minor player in other people's stuff oh it's god yeah because he is truly truly amazing he really is do you want to take our last one here? I didn't see the, I never saw any of these sketches. I never saw the movie. Uh, this makes all the sense in the world to me. $10 million. This is clearly, this is not the lowest, but it is one of the lowest investments from SNL to make a movie. And it's still only made $8 million. So it's also not their lowest. Uh, but it's, 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 I think it says number, like number two or third. Like to the penultimate lowest. Um, yeah, because being, what? <laughs> Pat Pat takes less to make at eight mil. Yeah. This one but made even less. Ten mil to make. It only made is, eight million. Eight million uh, five. Yeah, it made less. It earned less than ten mil too. So yeah. It, so it's, only, it's eight made. So so big. Mil. Still loss. Yeah. Uh, I don't get it. I don't understand why they thought this would work either. Yeah. This feels like this is why they haven't made another movie since twenty ten. It is the movie the Gruber. Gruber, which is which was just a knockoff of MacGyver, but even right. MacGyver was already out of date. Yeah, 
MacGyver, which is from the from like the around. is from the eighties. It's two thousand and ten, so they're doing a a bad parody. Not even a parody. It's generally just a reference because parody has to really love the source material. Yeah, and this is like, hey, do you remember this show from thirty years ago? And the audience goes, "No, we're twenty. Yeah, yeah, remember that show? That show was stupid. I'm fifteen. I need an adult. <laughs> no, they're like right. That. It doesn't make sense to like if 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 they're parodying something they love from the past, that's fine because they're in, that's introducing it to a new generation. Exactly. If you're just saying this was stupid, like if I had a, a stand-up show and the whole thing was you know what the Shiba show mama's uh mama's house uh what is it yeah mama's house right mama's family mama's, mama's family. family mama's family was stupid because you know what she was old i'd be a fucking idiot mm-hmm. they don't know the audience does not know what that is if i'm just going to go up there and rag on it, it has you can you rag on something that is right now if that's yeah. all if that's the only comedy you can do it has to be something going on right now it doesn't make sense like Transformers was drawn poorly. That's not a fucking joke. Yeah. That's not that's nothing. That's not how comedy works. So this I don't like this guy. Yeah. I'm gonna let you calm down. I feel you I never enjoy down. that guy. I, I, I think I think you're gonna have an aneurysm. So <laughs> comedy <laughs> makes it sense. makes you very angry. It makes you very angry. <laughs> it does. Yeah, Bad but, comedy offends me. Yes. So basically MacGyver, for those of you who don't remember, MacGyver was this tv show back in the 80s that was about a guy named macgyver who could find his way out of anything basically putting trash together and blowing open a door type of shit and saving everybody because he was such a genius he knew how to do it so that's macgyver he could get out of any situation with a. it was sort of um kind of like the the appeal mythbusters has we're like yeah like here's a here's a thing well According to basic thermodynamics, if this works and this works, if I can use this mm-hmm. tubing and I can refract the mirror in this way, I should be able to start a signal fire. Yeah. And he's able to do that. Shit and, like that. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And it was all it was based loosely on science. And it was him going up, him being essentially a, a spy for the government and going on these different adventures, but he didn't he refused to use a gun and refused to kill anybody. Yeah. And, and he was like, Well, what can we do? The easy answer is the gun. Yeah, that's the easy answer, but I can use this gunpowder to create a muzzle flash, and that should give us enough uh, block the, open the door, give us get us out of here, so we don't have to fight anybody. Exactly. So that's MacGyver, and then later on in the scene, already by the time two thousand, like again, MacGyver comes out in the eighties. Uh, MacGruber comes out in two thousand, reminiscent of the eighties, and it's two thousand ten. Yeah, it, well, that's when the movie came out. I think yeah. this skit probably came out what two thousand nine or something like that, or two thousand eight. Yeah. So you have Will Forte playing MacGruber, who is basically just a moron putting stuff together. And I think the thing is, he always explodes whatever it is. Yeah, it always, he always it blows up at the end because he's not good at putting stuff yeah, together. He he he's the opposite of MacGyver. He's a moron, which is the joke, and everything he slaps together explodes. And yeah. it goes horribly wrong, or some. And I think in the movie, he just kind of falls half-ass into something, and it works. I myself have not seen it. I don't know if that's actually what happens, but I'm assuming that's what happens. Uh, but that is basically. I wanted to see it because Christian Wiig is in it, and I, I just I'll watch. Pretty oh much yeah, Asian love, then. love her. Yeah. But I couldn't watch that. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, Chris. I'm sorry. Yeah, Magoo. I'll, I'll watch. I'll watch uh, Ghostbusters <laughs> answer the call I, I watch your Ghostbusters again. I can do that. I can't watch this. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just yeah this. Uh, 
McGruber is just yeah it was bad it was really really bad oh but that ends the snl list i actually thought there would be more to it but apparently not so so did i there's a bunch i think that are the movies only exist because the performer was uh, snl like the fact that oh adam sandler doesn't have an snl movie oh i guess i guess no he doesn't he does got his own movies based on his time at snl yeah, and then same thing with David Spade. You don't see yep. none of these are David Spade movies. Chris Farley. Yeah, or Chris Farley. Um, they went on to do stuff, very famous stuff, but those things were not SNL. <laughs> that was just basically, you know, uh, Adam Sandler basically creates his own production company yeah. off of the stuff that he does. Well, based on the stuff he did on he that he had done on the show, people made a vehicle for him, yeah. as opposed to based on a character on the show. Mm-hmm. Which makes me mad again because that's what Tim Meadows deserves. Someone yeah. should have they should have found a, a vehicle for him and let him be the star of that instead of demanding, nope, that's your only recurring character, so mm-hmm. that's what you have to do. We we need to start a fund in defense of Tim Meadows fund, you know, <laughs> that way he can produce something that he wants. Yeah. Uh but yeah, no, absolutely. And and you're right, you know, those were different vehicles, so don't get that confused that like the Adam Sandler, Billy Madison thing is all SNL. It isn't. That's his own thing, his own creation. He was a cast member. Same thing with, you know, uh, you you look at the other stuff, like when Will Ferrell does stuff, he has his own things. He, He was part of SNL, but it's clear that it's his own thing and not part of the SNL lineup. So altogether, you don't have a whole lot of snl movies but you do have some you have at least you have 11 snl movies that they created from 1980 until uh 2010 which isn't a whole lot but if they had created more character developments on their show i'm sure they could have done that but some of these movies are also just reaches for oh my god we got to keep it going um and and just clearly failed you know but you know, you have some really good ones such as, you know, Blues Brothers, Wayne's World, uh, Night at the Roxbury is one of my favorites as well. Uh, those would be three I can definitely recommend if you want. I would, I would say I, I would include uh, Coneheads is worth a watch. And I remember enjoying Superstar, but I don't remember. I don't think it ages well. It I don't might think be, so it might either. be a little a little frayed around the edges now, but I remember enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, I, I remember some of it, not not all of it, but the ones I really enjoyed were like, like I was saying, you know, those three, uh, Carla wants to throw in Coneheads. I might have to go check that out because I've never seen it. So that might be worth checking out. And that's pretty much our SNL list. Maybe you have a better list. Maybe you think you have a better list. Or maybe you'd like to argue that one of Adam Sandler's movies is an SNL movie, which it isn't. But hey, we'd love to hear you argue with us. Uh, Carlo, if they want to argue with us on our social medias, where can they argue with us at, Carlo? You can contact us at The VCR Show on Instagram and Twitter. Or you can... And soon on Tinder. Yeah, soon on Tinder. And back to my down parlo voice. You can also email us at the VCR show at gmail.com. 
So email us, let us know what maybe your list would be. Maybe you want to argue that Pat is the greatest movie out there. I doubt that, but maybe you do. Who am I to tell you that you're wrong, even though you're wrong? <laughs> uh, but email us, let us know and give us your opinions on things. We love to hear your opinions because you know you love to hear ours. If you can find anything that I would enjoy that has Will Forte in it, on it, I will send you a prize. Just contact us on Twitter. He's good in this. And if you're right, I'll send you a prize. You know what? I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna let you keep the prize, but I'm going to tell you. I'm going to make a recommendation. Watch it. Tell me if you like it. It's not a movie. It's not a movie. It is a TV show. Check out His Last Man on Earth. All right. I thoroughly enjoy that. Of course, it was a Fox TV show. So, of course, it was good mm. and they ended it because that's what Fox does. <laughs> but Wait, Did they end it like prematurely? Like it just ended out of nowhere? It ended prematurely. Ended? It was like the oh. first time someone had sex and it ended prematurely. That's what happened there. I think it only went for three seasons. And they, they killed it off before even answering, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of questions in there. I'm kind of hoping uh, Netflix will pick it up because they're pretty good at picking up stuff like that. Netflix, again, we need royalties for these ideas, but uh, Netflix, I'll just take, I'll take a contract. It. Yeah. I don't even, I just give me one season of a show that I want to make. Yeah. One season. I'm not going to try and go like make you feel bad for just, I'll do a different show after that. If you, if you like what I do, just give me enough money and time to make one season of TV. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> Carlo is just more generous than I, you know, but I, I guess I could be willing to be on like a show or something, you know, yeah, like, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll do a Will Forte show. <laughs> just to spite him, I'll let me, uh, let me bring back Columbo or MacGyver. <laughs> I let me be the head, the head show runner for a Columbo uh, reboot or a MacGyver reboot. I'll make that good for you. Netflix, Netflix shows up. You can have MacGruber. <laughs> anyway. You have MacGruber in a sandwich. <laughs> MacGruber in a sandwich. Make sure the sandwich doesn't explode on you. <laughs> so until next time, I'm Vada. I'm Carlo. And you've been listening to VCR. Bye-bye. That's the end of our show. <laughs> Need some sweet treats for your next big event? Or maybe you just have a sweet tooth? Check out Skippity Cakes. That's Skippity Cakes. S-K-I-P-P-I-T-Y-C-A-K-E-S dot com. Check them out for all of your sweet treat needs. Things such as cakes, cupcakes, and cake pops. Also, check them out for their varieties of face masks, t-shirts, and coffee mugs. You can also contact them at 281-221-9703. That's 281-221-9703. Again, that's Skippity Cakes. Say hi to our friend Rosie for us. Need a clean space? Call A Clean Space for You in Multi-Services and ask for our friend Rachel. They can be contacted at 832 297-1704 or you can email them at a clean space for you at gmail.com you've been listening to vcr creative content by richard christopher vada and carlo manuel magana the logo created by richard christopher vada with assistance from annie ramirez the theme song is the messenger by silent partner and can be found 
on YouTube Music Library. You can follow us on our social media platforms, such as Twitter and Instagram, at The VCR Show. You can also email us your thoughts, comments, and concerns to thevcrshow at gmail.com.